0: Hey, parents. It's good to have you with us again for the Wonder of Parenting. My name is Tim Wright. I'm here today, as always, along with my good friend, Dr. Michael Gurian. And we had said in the last podcast that this podcast, we were going to look at the theme, Helping Boys Thrive. However, in the meantime, we received a question from one of our listeners, and we want to make sure that our listeners get the priority. So we're going to move Helping Boys Thrive to next week and we'll tell you more about that at the end of the show and we're going to tackle a question today from one of our listeners before we do that uh, a couple things if you are listening to the wonder of parenting podcast for the very first time we are so glad to have you joining us invite you to head over to our website wonderofparenting.com wonderofparenting.com and subscribe we drop a new episode every monday we'd love to have you be a part of our wonder of Parenting family. And then we're going to run a contest over the next four weeks, and uh, this is to promote our new Facebook group page. If you go to Facebook uh, in the search, you just put Wonder of Parenting, and then you hit join when you get there, and you'll be able to to, uh, interact with parents from all around the world, really, uh, about all things parenting. But we want to give you an incentive, so here's the incentive. Uh, For this contest, you have the opportunity to win a book by Michael Gurian. Either The Minds of Girls or Saving Our Sons, depending on which one you want. Uh, on Amazon, they run about uh, $17 and some cents. But here's the deal. Michael's going to sign it. So now it'll be worth $17 and some cents. Huh. So it's a really huh. good huh. deal. Uh, and uh, so here's what we want you to do. We'd like you to go and uh, onto iTunes and write a review of the podcast. And once you've written that review, take a screenshot of it, and then head over to Facebook put in Wonder of Parenting in the search, and join the the new Wonder of Parenting group, and then post that for us. And then what we'll do is we'll collect all the various names of people who write a review and post it on our Facebook page, and then we will magically pick that name out of the hat, and one of you will win a very, very nice book from Michael, autographed by him. So again, just uh, write a review for us on iTunes, take a screenshot, head over to, to Facebook to Wonder of Parenting uh, in the search, and then join the group. And post that for us. And we will run that uh, through February 6th. And uh, by that point, we should have enough names to grab from. And um, and that will be uh, the start of, of uh, what we hope will be a good adventure for us together as we talk about all things parenting. So Michael, it's good to have you with us as always.
1: Oh, thanks, Tim. You too. Uh,
0: and so you uh, forwarded on to me a really, really good question from one of our listeners. Her name is Katie. And you and I have both interacted with her a little bit since we got the message. And uh, it's such a good topic. And so the name of the podcast will tip you off a little bit. It's Toddlers and Tantrums. But I want to read her question. And uh, I've got a a three-year-old granddaughter. I've got a five-year-old grandson. And uh, both of them show some signs of tantrums once in a while. Uh, But not quite to the extent maybe that Katie's talking about here. Uh, So let's talk about it. Here's the question. Uh, first of all, she compliments us, which, and I'll read that because we enjoy compliments. First, I wanted to thank you both for providing such useful, helpful, and interesting information on the Wonder of Parenting podcast. I look forward to listening to your no show, new shows as they become available on the podcast app on the iPhone. I have two boys, and all of the brain science and functional examples that you teach me—that uh, you teach me about—help me understand the behaviors and actions of boys. I wanted to see if it would be possible for you to share more information about tantrums in toddlers. It was briefly discussed in a recent episode, but currently my son is starting to bang his head and become frustrated when he doesn't get his way or as an attention-seeking behavior he has a baby brother. I know it is more common in boys than girls. There are no signs of autism. He is developmentally appropriate if not advanced for his age. I would love to learn more about tantrums in terms of brain science and then how to react to them. Honestly, any other information related to frustration or anger and also dealing with undesired behaviors as it relates to self-injury or even having a tantrum because of attention being given toward a younger sibling uh, would be great. Thank you for reading this email. I appreciate it. Uh, Katie, we appreciate you listening for the kind words and for this very, very important question. Uh, So, Michael, tantrums and toddlers. I'm guessing there's a lot of layers to this.
1: Yeah! Wow, that's a great question. Um, Well, so to unpack it, uh, one thing I always like to say when when we talk about this is to just for all of us to remember that um, it is within the range of normal. It's sort of normal behavior to throw tantrums, um, obviously, especially at those ages. And the kids, uh, you know, as you know, Tim, and everyone listening who's who's sort of gone through the child raising, you know, they do grow out of it. So, in sort of if we're averaging it out, just it's a phase, they do grow out of it. That doesn't mean that's the full answer, but that it's not necessarily um, that, you know that there's anything wrong with it or with with the child. The hitting the head, that's the one that I that worries yes. me some. And because what I we would prefer is a child's having a, a tantrum, and we're gonna for this moment say it's not in the grocery store, it's it's at home. Child's having a tantrum. Um, we, we redirect the child, uh, or we have to carry the child over to an area that's, you know, sort of safe, maybe that's on their bed or in, in, or even just on the floor. They're down on the floor and they're banging them, their fists on the floor and kicking and, and yelling. And, you know, that's a tantrum and it's, it's safe. It's, it's okay. Their body's moving, um, uh. You know, they want, they're they experiencing, expressing, and expelling the feelings that they're having, and they're so young that when their amygdala swells up, which is what's happening, um, it's it's shooting all the signaling mainly into the body. Uh, very little of, of the signaling is going up to the frontal, to the top of the brain, you know. Uh, initially, and then it takes time. It takes time for the signaling to move to the top of the the brain to say, okay, you can calm down now, you know. Um, So all of that's normal, but the hitting the head can cause injury. So if, um, if the child is doing that, then I think that's where the vigilance would be to maybe move the child to the bed so that hitting the head on the bed, it can't cause any injury. And if that hitting the head goes on for more you know, more times than people would like. I don't know how often the child's having a tantrum, but but if that's going on, then I think got to get some professional help, someone to talk uh, to this family and, who specializes pediatrically to see why the child's hitting the head. So I'm going to hope what will happen is that the head hitting is going to stop or it's going to be on such a soft surface that, you know, in a month or two from now, that's not going to happen anymore. But if it continues... Let's get help for the head hitting. The normal tantrums, however, they, they're normal. Another thing to remember is they, are, they do come in on the genome. So um, some kids are more prone to throwing those all-out tantrums, like, like Katie's describing, than other kids are. And uh, if, pe- if parents could talk to each other, you know, talk to their extended family, they would find that someone, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, someone did exactly the same thing. Um, because there are markers for this, for the way that anger is processed this way through through these tantrums, and this also may be a child who, uh, at at forty, may be more likely than his spouse or his brother or sister to um, kind of throw tantrums as an adult. And of course, they'll be more verbal; they won't be like a child. But but some of that's on the genome. It's okay, you know. It doesn't it doesn't cause harm. It's okay. Um, her question about the boys and girls so one of the reasons so girls also of course throw tantrums. I, I have two girls one of them did did do this kind of thing the other somewhat but the other one quite a bit. Uh, however however Katie's right that that you do tend in the aggregate to see more with boys and and the uh, the reason I believe that is is that so much more of female uh, brain of a girl's brain development is moving toward the frontal lobe um, so much more quickly. And, uh, so she just develops connections to the frontal lobe little more quickly. And, and she has more access, uh, in that brain to quieting herself down and using other strategies like verbal strategies. Uh, those young boys, they don't really have hardly any verbals yet. Um, and you know, they don't have much connection to the frontal. And so it, they are more likely in the aggregate to throw those sorts of tantrums.
2: Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy.
0: Did we so, miss I've, something there? How's no, that? no. I, I've got I've got some good follow up questions though. But uh, obviously, we, we just want to say a disclaimer here that we are not diagnosing anybody. We're we're looking generally right at at uh, certain issues and and kind of what goes on uh, biologically, chemically, all those things in the brain. Um, oh
1: yeah, she should get some help if he keeps hitting his head.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, so my question would be, uh, I want to go narrow to, uh, you know, why a boy would do that because i know that there are other parents out there whose kids in some way when they're throwing a tantrum might injure themselves. So, um, just, can you give us a little bit of a, you know, the 30,000 foot level view of why would that be? What is it about connecting the tantrum with, with self harm, uh, that puts those two things together? Uh, or, or is it just sort of an individual thing?
1: um, uh, let me make sure I understand your question. That it, that boys would harm themselves through the tantrums.
0: Yeah. Is, why? Is why what what's, yeah. What? What's going on that that you get so anxious or so upset as a toddler that you want to hurt yourself?
1: Well, it's okay. So it's a, it's a great question. It's I, I, I do want to say that you know both boys and girls when they get in that state, that agitated state, um, can harm themselves. And and what we'll find later is that more girls, for instance, will do self-cutting. And, um, you know, so both males and females do that. Uh, and, and so in this case, we're talking about boys and when they do it, but girls later when they're self-cutting, uh, one of the reasons that they're doing it is it's, it's self-soothing actually, Hmm. it's self-soothing and it seems counterintuitive, but the child, uh, at one level knows he's in a tantrum and he's, he is trying to get himself out of it and, most kids aren't hitting their head, but when they bang their fists and bang their feet, it, it does cause them a little bit of pain. And it's trying to get their brain to kick in. Okay, soothe, 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 stop this, stop this. But of course, there's just so much electricity going through the body, they, they can't stop themselves yet. Um, uh, but they are trying to do that. And, and, um, uh, and at that age, I'd say that's all that's involved. Later when they start self-cutting or something like that, then of course... Some of that is they just can't feel alive without feeling pain, which is part of the brain disorder that they have. But as, when they're tantruming, they're, they're actually not trying to harm themselves consciously, right? Their body's just moving, and, and they're hitting, hitting. And then at a certain point, they, they, they are trying to soothe, soothe themselves. And at a certain point, they realize, wow, okay, maybe that did hurt. You know, maybe I better calm down.
0: Well, so so that's really helpful. So in a sense what this little boy is doing by hitting his head is it's not necessarily self-harm. He's trying to get himself out of his tantrum. Is that am I oversimplifying yeah. or is that close?
1: Oh yeah, it's like the yeah, yes. I mean, okay. So as you said before, we don't know, Katie. All we have is like a paragraph. So right. we we don't really know what's going on there and that's why I keep caution and get professional help um if it goes uh, on. We, yeah, we don't we don't know, and of course, no. any tar- parent listening to this, anything we say, always know all we have is a paragraph. So, parents should trust themselves, you know, much more than you trust trust us uh, with your own with your own child. So, uh, in this case, if it's just like he's hit his head a few times while he tantrum, then that's what I think it is. But you could tell that she had she and, and her husband had the instinct mm-hmm. to see if he had autism or something like that because. Yes. Um, and again, in this paragraph, he's developmentally clear, so he doesn't have any of these disorders. Um, but but in terms of your question, yeah, when they hit their head, that could be from other disorders, too. So right. that may not just be the tantruming.
0: Right. And that's why you've advised uh, someone like Katie to just watch it. And if it if it continues, then that's where you want to step in and, and get some help. So let's talk more generally than about tantrums. Um, and, uh, so I, I know oftentimes, uh, it's really easy for me to look at my, uh, to my two youngest right now. And when they don't get their way, that's when they seem to throw the tantrums. And so you feel like it's just a matter of, um, you know, self-centeredness, even though that's a harsh mm. thing to say about kids or it's, no, no, they, they are self-centered, yeah, <laughs> right, right. But they, but they're not getting their way, but I don't think that's the only reason for a tantrum, right? There are other things going on. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you're wise to say that. They're definitely, especially when they do it in public. Like I have a, Miguel and I, when we were raising our kids, we had a public-private rule. You know, if our kids threw a tantrum in public, uh, that was a no-no. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're, we are immediately taking them to the car, you know. And, and yeah, sometimes um, they were self-centered and were throwing tantrums to manipulate to get what they wanted. Um, You know, the classic example is I want some candy. Now now we're in public at the grocery store and we say no, you know, and they throw a tantrum. So so that's really wise of you. That is definitely um, we do want to remember that kids are naturally self-centered and and they'll use it as a tool. Um, uh, So we want to add that to the list. Uh, But also and also they are throwing tantrums because that is the asset they have to work through the um, ang- the anxiety they're feeling or the mm-hmm. fear or the uh, failure or you know whatever they're feeling like they tried to build uh, Legos and it fell over yep. and they just that's the asset they have you know for that feeling of failure and and anguish about the fact that it fell over you know and so they throw a tantrum and 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 again I want to say experience express and expel they're, those little bodies are, are experiencing the feeling uh, they're trying to express it but they can't really be verbal yet. Uh, and then expel it so what they do is they go from i i'm experiencing the feeling of let's say failure with the legos and i go immediately to expelling it <laughs> you know uh, expressing and expelling it physically through a tantrum uh so so yes 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 and yes could be manipulation could be um that's that's how they express themselves uh we're as we raised our kids and i certainly advise people that to to um look at each tantrum Individually, kind of study it like a citizen scientist. Study mm-hmm. what the child is doing with these tantrums. Why? Why that one? Why was it done that way? Why that one? You know, it only takes a minute to ponder it, and kind of gather data. And after a week or two or three, you know, kind of look at the data. Like if the child is throwing a tantrum twice a day, well, that's data. You know that that that's a lot. I wonder why, you know, what's going on there. But if a child is throwing a tantrum, you know, once every few days, then, okay, well, um, you know, that's that's just natural for that child. So getting the data, I think, is important.
0: I'm also thinking about um... – Tantrums that are maybe thrown because the child is is simply overstressed or overtired. Oh Uh, yeah,
1: overstim can cause it. Yeah.
0: So we're we're headed tomorrow with our our kids and grandkids to the happiest place on earth, Disneyland, Uh, (laughs) and and for those who've ever been there. It is not always the happiest place on earth for kids. They just get absolutely overstimulated. Uh, you got these crowds you're fighting, and uh, you're, you're overwhelmed. You want to see Mickey, you want to see Minnie. You're excited. You can hardly contain yourself. Uh, you're not necessarily eating great food, and it's no wonder you know kids and parents are all having meltdowns all over Disneyland. But sometimes our kids just get overtired, overstimulated, and that can also lead to tantrums.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, same thing. All, although really wise of you to bring that one up. The child feels that feeling of the overstim and just the only asset the child has to experience express and expel it is is a tantrum. And then it's expelled and uh okay, they they self-soothe and they get back to a norm. Um so yep, yep, overstim is a is a good one and that's a great one for people to study when they're like their kid is having tantrums, study that over a say 2 week period. And um look for a pattern like uh is the does the child throw a tantrum within five minutes after watching some something mm. stimulating, mm-hmm. you know. Uh well then we let's get that out, you know. Or yeah. is the child throwing a tantrum or does the child throw a tantrum right after mom and dad have uh, a conflict? You know, that can happen. Yeah. Um it, it's just good to study that and, and if there is over stim, some overstim is normal, but if there is co- the kids not constantly being overstimulated then the tantrum is really a gift to us as parents to say hmm okay we, we got to help this child you know live a life where he's not he or she is not so overstimulated
0: now <clears throat> you are a new york times bestselling author on all things kids so you you ah, know exactly okay. how to handle a tantrum okay um, so <laughs> so uh, i i remember when my daughter was little and she had a massive meltdown at a restaurant and so this was, you know, 30 some years ago. And I got up, took her out to the car, locked her in the car and went back in and sat down to eat. Now, I'd be arrested if I did that today here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, There's laws right. against that. But I could, right. you know, she was sitting right out the window we could see her, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't recommend that, but we did need to get her out of that public place. So let's start in the home. Your child is having a temper tantrum. What are some things parents, besides observing and why did this happen, how do we handle it? Because we as parents tend to, to, I think, fuel oftentimes that temper tantrum uh, because we just get so stressed out by it. So what are some things we can do in Mm -hmm. the home to help our kids? And then we'll go public.
1: Mm -hmm, Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, um, uh, safety. So just make sure the child is in a safe place. And the floor can be a safe place unless he's hitting his head. Um, uh, uh, the bed, the anger area of the house, um, where there's a nerf bat that the child can hit against the back of a couch. You know, it's the safe place, the anger place, the safe place. So just make sure the child's safe. That's always the bottom, you know, most important thing. Protect. Then, um, uh, no hitting of of an animate, you know, object. So that's going to be mom, dad, anything alive, a pet uh, plants, you know, that's, that's just a cardinal rule. Nothing living. We don't, if you throw a tantrum and you have to bang your fists against the floor or the back of the couch, fair enough. That's inanimate. That's fine. That's the equivalent of when you're 20 and you punch a punching bag when you get angry, that's fine, but, um, no living thing. So, uh, and then also no destruction of property. Now the first, you know, sometimes the first few times a kid throws a tantrum. uh, he grabs something and throws it and breaks it. So, so the first time or two, you know, it's just like sudden and, and we're young parents and we just go, Oh my gosh, but it, it, we don't have to have a zero tolerance. Like he, that was, that was an error. He didn't, you know, he didn't really know what he was doing. We didn't set the rule, which is you can't break things. Um, uh, but tantrum two or three, you know, then it's like, okay, this is the rule. You can have the tantrum, but you can't be breaking things. And obviously you can't hit people. So my, those are my rules for tantrums. Safe place, uh, let them process it through, um, and then uh, not hitting us, not hitting anything living, and not breaking anything.
0: It's fascinating to me because you are an advocate for, um, for lack of a better word, acting out that um, frustration, that anger, through hitting an inanimate object, a uh, a pillow. Um, you know a nerf bat uh, talk a little bit more about that
1: yeah well you know adults um think of us as adults i mean I can't uh, I don't know I'm older now i don't think I have as much testosterone in me now but when I was younger like for decades if i got incredibly angry i would do a few things like i would do karate kicks let's say against the wall uh oh oh and if I was in my car and I think people can relate to this sometimes I would just get you know, kind of overwrought and uh, I would be alone. I'd close the windows and I would just be screaming inside my car, you know, just letting it out, just screaming in my car. Um, So even us as adults, we do, we do, we have tantrums. You know, we do things where we uh, hit a table, not to break it, but we're making a loud sound to kind of get the energy out or hit the back of the couch. Um, uh, And it's just, it's part of being alive. And it's especially, Heart of being alive for guys because we have such an active cerebellum, which is the doing center of the brain at the bottom of the brain. We have more spinal fluid in the brain stem than female does. So we're moving m- more of this energy into the body. And also, when our amygdala swells up, um, more of that electricity goes down for us. The amygdala being that the anger center, that big emotion center, um, fear center. And when the female amygdala swells up with anger, fear, et cetera, more of her electricity goes up to the frontal lobe and the top of the brain. So there are a lot of brain differences here between males and females, and it is it is a reason that we tend to see more of this behavior that we're calling now tantrums, but i and I call somaticizing the anger, putting the anger into your body and expelling it from your body. Um, uh, yeah, in the aggregate, there's more of that among males for these I believe brain reasons. Um, you know if it goes too far if a parent thinks a child is in danger or someone else is uh, is in danger in the home from this uh, or the or the parent thinks you know um, uh, this is too many tantrums uh, even with all this stuff about somaticizing it's still that's two or three a day it's too many you know that's wise I mean we got to get help for that but but um, but the basics of it the basic physiology of it and neurology of it is sound for kids to throw these tantrums. And so that's why I'm, uh, and, and for adults to to bang things and use a Nerf bat against the back of the couch and, you know, stomp their feet. That, that is all within the range of what is uh, normal and healthy, uh, again, unless it causes danger.
0: All right. I have one final question then, but uh, just want to remind people that if you do have a question about parenting, like Katie did, uh, you can submit that to us at the uh, wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. That's our website, and there's a place, uh, if you scroll down a bit, where you can leave a question. And uh, we love these listener questions, so if you've got one, please let us know, and we will work that into our podcast schedule. So Michael, my last question on this topic, and I know there's a lot more we can talk about, uh, your child is having a temper tantrum in public. What are some things to do and to not do?
1: Yeah. Well, that, again, that's, uh, we had that public-private rule and we, with our kids, sounds like you guys did too, when you were raising your kids. I mean, that's, that, I definitely take, take my kids to the car. Uh, what I would do is, you know, they're in, I put them in the car, they're in the car, they're having the tantrum. Uh, I, I would lean against the car, you know, I would kind of wait, um, cause I couldn't see them through the window. It would be like at the grocery store. So, um, I would wait, you know, wait it out. They would be done. That is, you know, a certain point they'd be done, and then okay, uh, they would they would open the door as they got older or when they were very young. I would open the door, and then we'd try to process a little, you know, uh, if there was something to process as we're walking back into the grocery store. Uh, so uh, that, that's kind of that's sort of what I did.
0: I'm guessing every parent has had this experience where you're in the public place and your child has that meltdown and there you are walking that screaming kid who's screaming bloody murder outside or out to the car, whatever it might be. Or in my case, I see it uh, once in a while during church when kids start acting up and parents are bringing them out. Uh, It's a a long walk to the car when you've got Ah, that screaming kid. Yeah, well said. Um, so before we head on out, we have a, a couple resources we're very excited about that we want to tell you about, because our, our goal here is to do the best that we can to give you information, being the podcast, and then to go deeper with you uh, through some resources. And uh, again, want to remind you of the contest, uh, post a review on iTunes, screenshot it, and then head over to Facebook, search Wonder of Parenting, join that group, and post it for us, and uh, one of you will win one of Michael's books. Um next week we're going to start a, a multi-part episode or series on um raising our sons and daughters in a #MeToo world and I've written a a short uh you know 26-page manual it's an ebook uh that will be the basis of our discussion I'm working one on one now for the daughters as well uh it and it's called Raising Sons in a Hashtag Me World Raising Sons in a Hashtag Me World you can get that on Amazon and Michael, I'm really excited about the new resource that you just got done uh, working on recently. So tell us a little bit about this new online course.
1: Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is a this is a Wonder of Parenting, Minds of Boys and Girls online course for parents. And so um, I've been working on this for a long time, you know, went into studio, shot it, and uh, there will be resources with it. And then part of the course is going to be... Uh, sort of what I call family Fridays, where we're going to, I'm going to do conference calls with people who have bought the course. So it's part of the course, uh, that, that we'll have these conference calls and we can work on problem solving. You know, people can call in, uh, and say, Hey, I have this, this problem with my child and we can, we can work on that. So we can, I can get some time with people that way. So it's six hours of, of video broken up obviously into chunks and then ancillary material and then the um the family friday calls and that's that that if people go to gurian institute.com g-u-r-i-a-n dot institute.com if you just go there and then you you go over to the products link you're gonna see it and uh all the informational you know is there on the site and you can look at it and and um and hopefully you'll you'll want to purchase it it's yeah. great for parents of both boys and girls it's great for parents of only boys it's great for parents of only girls because everything in it is comparing males and females so it's really great for everyone across that spectrum
0: well and there's nothing else like it so this is really something worth checking out and give us the website again
1: GurianInstitute.com, and go to the products page
0: Excellent. Well, Michael, thank you once again for your great insights. uh, We know that we didn't give you all the answers, folks, but we do hope that we gave you a little bit to think about. And we look forward to being with you next time when we start talking about uh, helping our boys thrive in a hashtag MeToo world. Michael, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Bye, everyone. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms. My God